Hi, I'm Sabrina Soto. I believe the best conversations are with friends who are really able to open themselves up and share their lives, both the good parts and the bad. You're going to be listening to some of those candid conversations and hopefully gaining some insight to help you redesign your life from the inside out. This week's episode features Sasha Tazi. She is a hypnotherapist and healer. We are talking about trauma bonds, toxic relationships, meditation, and overall wellness. So let's get started. First of all, thank you so much for being a guest on Redesigning Life. I'm, I am I think I could probably talk to you for about 17 hours straight. <laughs> 20, 24, I think. We, we would go on and on and on, I know. I hope you have nothing to do today. <laughs> I am done for the day. So I'm all yours. So I mean, you and I connected because I was looking to work with you on a private level. And for me, what I realized lately in this time of my life, which I should have known this before is my people pleasing has gone, you know, got to a whole new level. And I realized how toxic it was and how, you know, my romantic relationships weren't working out as well as I wanted them to because of this. So that's how you and I connected. But we started talking about trauma bonds. And another thing, I didn't even know what a trauma bond was last year. And I I'm, I don't know if it's because now I'm aware of it, but I feel like it is such a term people are are talking more and more about these days. Is that true? Or is this just in my life? No, it, it does feel true for sure that it's, it's, it's more, it's a current buzzword, uh, trauma bond. It's kind of floats around, especially social media and Instagram. And, um, it's kind of like in the spiritual and in the self-development and healing and growth world, it is something that, uh, gets, gets, I mean, rightfully so like thrown around a lot because it's in the context of how we pass down trauma generation after generation. And then when we're going to form relationships with people, we end up bonding with them from that place because we all are walking around with trauma. And until we heal it, it's almost like bound to be the case that we're, that we're connecting with others from that place of trauma. Right. And a trauma bond is when it's over the, the breakup, it's unlike a normal breakup where it's devastating. And what I've realized though, and doing also work, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, but a lot of the things online, a lot of YouTube videos and everything always paints one person in a trauma bond to be a narcissist. That's not Mm -hmm. always the case, is it? I don't feel it is. So I, I use the terms narcissist and empath very, you know, with, with a lot of caveat and caution, because I think that, um, it's easy to then like to, to have it be black and white. And it's really not, it's really not such a black and white simplistic. Okay. He's good. And the other ones or you know, they're good and they're bad type of thinking. And so to get out of that, I think it's, it's, supportive and and productive to not to to not paint someone as the narcissist that doesn't mean that like I'll use the term like they're showing narcissistic behavior rather than like you know diagnose someone as a narcissist and paint them in that way when the truth is in my opinion that we have 
all of us have narcissism within us and um, it's kind of more of a spectrum. I see it like that. And there are severe levels that there are people that are very dangerous, narcissistic um, personalities and, and characters, but, but it's kind of like um, just recognizing the humanity in it rather than cat like casting them as these demons in society. And that's what I found in my healing process was at first it was really, um, I don't want to say therapeutic, but it was easy for me to say they're bad, I'm good. And then all of a sudden in doing more research, I'm like, wait a minute, am I the narcissist? And then all of a sudden I got to the point where I realized we were just both two people who were searching for love and it just didn't work out. And I think mm-hmm. that's that's just part of the healing. You kind of it's not linear, and you go back and forth. Would you say that's true in in the healing process? A hundred percent. And like you know, as human beings, I think especially when we're we want things to be like really simple and cut and dry and black, black and white, and so that our brains can comprehend and make sense. And very rarely are things like that. And healing is so not linear, and we oftentimes come across the same issues on a different level and deeper layers of a, it, like a new iteration of an old issue that is just there and coming up to like heal it in a deeper way. Right. And, and so we suffer a lot when we think that it's supposed to be linear or when we want to categorize someone as one thing and put them in a box and have it never change. Like, we really have to be more fluid and flexible with our, with our thinking and our, and our, um, and that includes with ourselves, like not boxing our own selves in. Right. Yes. And, and you know, a friend of mine's going through a breakup and she called me the other day. She's like, I, I I'm healed. I'm going to be, I, you know, I just can't believe it. I was, I, I didn't want to break the news to her, but I'm like, Oh God, it's a roller coaster and it's okay when you, you can have a bunch of great days. And I felt like, and I would do this to myself, like beat myself up when I would then go back to having a bad day, but it isn't linear. And I think it is a process, but it's that process that gets you to the next chapter of your life of actually healing what really the deep rooted issues of what you were talking about that maybe you didn't know about before the trauma happened. Yeah. And also like, I've had those times too, where I, I was like, oh, I thought I, I thought I cleared this issue and healed this issue. And like, it's coming back up and almost make that mean something that I wasn't working hard enough or I didn't do it right. And then kind of like that would create a shame spiral. And the, what I came to was that I think more of a, if I had to like define it, like more of a, um, a Buddhist perspective of like, we are on this journey and like, we're just here to learn. And it's not about like getting to some destination. That's a perfect level of healing and really to expect more challenge because that's where the growth is. And to, to, to really just like expect it and accept it so that when I do have a bad day, quote unquote, it's, it's not such a surprise and it's not such a setback. It's like, Oh yeah. Okay. So what can I learn? What can I learn here? And like, how can I be kind to myself here? And maybe that's the practice. But that's what's so, and I, I understand what you're saying, but sometimes when you're in like 
the depth of that depression or the sadness. It's hard to say, what can I learn from this? Because you're like, oh God, I can't take this anymore. I just want to fix it. I want to get out of it. But I've also realized is that it's the journey. Like it's, it is that process that really catapults you to the next chapter and not just fixing it because the just fixing it could be the running away from it. And that could be in the form of social media or eating or drinking or whatever the case may be. And it's about sitting in that discomfort, which I am so bad at, but I'm getting so much better of when you sit through the discomfort Mm. is the only way through it. Yeah, it is. That's funny you bring that the only way out is through, because I just said that earlier today uh, to someone, actually a client. And so it's, it is about like feeling and being present with yourself and, and kind of like, just really just, but that awareness, that heightened awareness, but, and, but, and it's like, that doesn't mean you can't do things to help, um, speed it up or, or help relieve the suffering if the suffering is like in insufferable. Right. So like, it's, again, it's, it's not like this either or situation. It's like, yes, let's feel these feelings and the grief that's here or the, the anger or the sadness. And like, how can I like feel a little bit better right now? Or like, how can I give myself what I need right now? So like, oftentimes I'll give it an example to make this a tangible thing. When, when you're depressed, I've been depressed many, 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 like on and off had severe depressions throughout my life, like had, um, attempted suicide in, in high school. And it, the last thing you want to do is like anything when you're depressed and like anything that's good for you, you just kind of want to like, like stew in it or, I mean, most people, I guess it manifests differently for different people, but a very common manifestation of depression is just to kind of like not want to do anything, complete lethargy. And so in that space, it's like, yes, accept that I'm feeling depressed right now. And like also a shower would really help and help me feel better. And like what would kind of interrupt this? I don't have to wait like two weeks for it to just lift on its own, I can kind of steer it into leaving if I, you know, if I want to, if, or like, so there's, there's so much nuance here, but do you kind of see what I'm saying? Like making the the healthy choice. So even just something as small as taking a shower would help guide you in the right direction to get out of that depression. But it's also making the choices of not still hiding from it, i.e. drinking or overeating or, you know, self indulging in some other self-destructive behavior. Yeah. And I, right. Exactly. Like of, avoiding and numbing out. Right. Um, that's that other side of the spectrum of like, definitely not feeling it. And, um, you know, that's where like a lot of addictions come into play where you're just, it's, it's just a means to kind of, postpone pain. Right. A a weird thing that I did, you know, when Olivia's dad and I broke up that I now realize is me also pushing it away was this level of perfectionism that I tried to reach. So it was cleaning the house to the point that you could eat off of any floor. And that was me not dealing with pain. That was 
me, you know, sort of my way of hiding or like controlling something because everything else was out of control. But you said something, one of your Instagram quotes, and by the way, if you guys aren't following Sasha on Instagram, I highly recommend it. I'll put her Instagram handle on the notes section of this podcast, but her little nuggets and quotes are so good. But you were saying the other day that perfectionism basically is just another form of shame. And I totally get that. Mm. And can you say, can you say more for you? How that, how that lands, like what it means for you? Because it's a level that first of all, there's no such thing as perfectionism. It's impossible to obtain. And it was just another way that I would, it's the same thing as negative self-talk. It's, I didn't even have to, it's like another, um, way of negative self-talk to me that I didn't do it good enough. I can't reach that level. So Mm -hmm. shame on me, shame on me. Mm, yes, yes, yes. Okay. Yeah. That was a, that was one that like resonated with a lot of people because it's, it's not a common connection that we make like, Oh, I'm a perfectionist because I am running away from my own shameful feelings. And it's, it's not something that's like very obvious or evident, but then when you kind of connect the dots, you're like, wow, like uh, anything that you do, you said cleaning, uh, anything, anything like that. So it's like a lot of times we highlight like, oh my God, this person's an addict or they're, and in my opinion, it's like everyone kind of has something that they're doing um, on some level of com- compulsivity that is taking them away from the experience of being in their bodies and and feeling what they're feeling. So whether that's like, so cleaning by itself is not a, is a neutral activity. Like, but when you do it to the, to the excess, to the point of like, you're hiding and running away from being with you. And it's such a compulsive thing. It's like, that's, that's where the magic is. If you look at under the rug there, like that, that's like just no pun intended. If you look under the rug, and oh, you're by the like, way, it would have been good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pun intended. Um, you, you're kind of like, oh my God, what's here for me? Like, cause there's so much juice in looking at that. Why am I, why am I cleaning? And like, what am I running from? And like, why am I scared to sit for five seconds and like, just, just sit and relax? It was like, (laughs) I had an out of body experience and this happened two years ago, but I was cleaning. And this is a true story. My baseboards with a toothbrush and I was on the floor cleaning. And I had this flashback of when my parents broke up and we went from being really comfortably financially to so poor that I was sleeping on the bathroom floor. But in that same house where I was sleeping on the bathroom floor, I would come home from school and every day clean something to the point, like I would take the screens off of the entire house and wash them with a brush outside. I mean, I was 14 years old, Mm. but I realized I've been doing this since I was a kid to try because everything was so out of control. It was my way of controlling something to make something Mm -hmm. right in my life. And I finally just had this sort of epiphany, like I can't continue to not just deal. And since then, just, and I know a lot of people are like, I can't meditate, but even sitting still for a few minutes a day, you don't have to chant, you don't have to do a mantra, but sitting still to just feel and be okay with feeling has been so beneficial to me. Mm. What other things oh, can you tell people? Oh, that's so beautiful. <laughs> what what, what other tips could you, like, have you dealt with with your clients that you feel can 
benefit when you can't necessarily do the big things? Do you mean when you can't necessarily meditate? Well, or? not meditate. Cause, well, I think that for a lot of people, I just get a lot of direct messages of people. It seems too daunting for them. But like, what are some quick tips that you give your clients that when they feel like they can't find any reprieve? Well, I think so. Okay. As long as we're not dealing with someone who has like an exercise addiction or compulsion, um, I think some form of movement that gets you out of your head and into your body is really, really helpful um, in so many different ways and in bringing like joy and taking the focus off of um, it, it, it. It's just one of those things that like you have to move energy through your body and we, we have so much feeling and emotion that's constantly happening that to have a place to outlet that and have it um, and kind of like clear it out of our body, it's it's one of the most therapeutic things. And that can be something as simple as like walking in your neighborhood. It doesn't have to be join CrossFit gym or right. go to yoga, go to like do a hot yoga practice every single day. It's like you can literally get the benefit from going outside in nature and walking for 20 minutes, like at a pretty brisk pace or even not a brisk pace, but it's just, it's start wherever you are and and that's your entry point and just see what you like to do. Um, but that's one thing that kind of, you can, you can adapt to fit your lifestyle. So there's so many different forms of movement and, and exercise. And so like, if you don't like one, you can pick another and try that. So I always recommend that. Um, I, I agree that meditation, just that word is daunting. And you remind me, I think I'm going to talk about it because, um, I, yeah, thanks for the reminder. Cause I think I'm going to, I'm going to make a post about it because it's so beneficial, but it's so, it's something that people have a lot of like misconceptions around. So, um, I think, I think though, like mindfulness. So the, you know, the kind of cousin of meditation, which is just bringing awareness to your day. So any, whatever you're, it's like, you don't have to do anything. It's all the, all the, um, tools are right in your day of what you have going to work, being at work, being with the kids, being with yourself. It's just about bringing awareness to the moment and kind of like, and that just means focusing your attention on the here and now. And that is the same thing as meditation, but it's just, it's just looks differently. Like meditation singularly is to like sit and do that completely. Mindfulness is like bringing that, that quality of attention to whatever you're doing. Right. And it's not something that like, and these are simple things, right? Like, and it's like, okay, give us some like, I don't know, some like quick tools, but it's like, these are the tools that are exercise, mindfulness. Like these are the tools that are simple and accessible to almost, I mean, anyone who has a, has a, um, you know, has a brain, has access to mindfulness, has access to mindfulness. If you have a brain, you can meditate. (laughs) (laughs) And so it's just, that's the access point for people that like, if I said like, okay, breath work and 
tapping yeah. yes. and EFT and read this book and read that book. It's like, okay. And those are all great, but, but we need to start to start where we are and to start small yes. and to have it be sustainable. You really want to start with the most, the easiest thing that can integrate into your life. And like, if you, for meditation, I'll say like, start with three minutes, do three minutes every day for like 20 days. And then we'll look at increasing it or it's really about like tiny habits and being as consistent as you can. And for those of you who are recovering perfectionists, like, like myself, or maybe like you, I don't know how you identify, but, um, I identify as all of it. (laughs) Okay, good, good. I figured, but like, I, 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 um, I define consistency as like for the perfectionist, like it's like, okay, every single day, 24, you know, hundred percent, or it's not, I'm not succeeding. And so consistency, let consistency be defined as more often than not. So if you meditate like five days of the week and not two, like you're, you're winning. Yes. Like, don't start shame. Like for me, I'm such a black and white person. So it's like, I either do everything or I do nothing. And it's okay mm-hmm. to only do it a few days a week, only do it a few minutes a day, if uh, whatever it's, it's making that progress. And back to the healing of either, whether you're in a trauma bond, a divorce, uh, a loss of a job, whatever the case may be in the healing journey, I've realized too, another thing that's helped me. And I haven't done this since high school is journaling mm. and just doing, yeah. having that time to, and I, I have a, a journal next to my nightstand that says daily dump. And it's just dumping whatever's on my mind first thing in the morning to just start the day fresh. And it's, I, and it seems so like, Oh, come on, girl journaling. What are we like? It's 12, but it really has helped me kind of go through all of the, the, the hurt, the pain and the thoughts that sometimes I don't necessarily share on, you know, with people in my life. Yeah. I'm so glad you brought that up because that's another great accessible, easy, uh, easy as in like simple, um, uh, tool. And I use it too. And I, you know, the daily dump reminds me of, um, I'm going to name drop here, Julia Cameron's book, The Artist Way. She does, she talks about this practice in the morning as part of your routine called the morning pages. And it's to unblock your creativity. That's the purpose, but it's, it's really good for just anyone because we're all creation. So we're all inherently creative and, um, it's three pages of just writing longhand, like not typing, um, of just whatever you need to say. And it it kind of like clears the cobwebs out of your brain so that you can think so that it brings clarity. And then you can, and it, it also like when I'm doing it consistently, I come to solutions faster because I am processing things faster because I am putting them down on paper and really like tumbling over them in my mind and then out on paper. And it's like almost like the solution is so obvious. Right. Right. Yes. Yeah. Um, it's really an- great. Another thing you talk about a lot is just boundaries and people pleasing and I know I want to talk to you about it because I never consider myself a people pleaser. As a matter of fact, I'm known as a ball buster. I will tell you, you know, whatever I feel. And now I'm realizing I am, I have like, 
I've had a problem with boundaries and always sort of putting myself last. You know, I started thinking I was had some people over for dinner and I made everybody's plate so beautiful. And then when you, of course, I served myself last, of course. And then mine looked like a bunch of dog food by the way I plated it. It's like, what? And it was so eye-opening to me that I, as much as I didn't think I cared and I wasn't a people pleaser, I am like a covert people pleaser. How do you... <laughs> covert. I love that. Covert. <laughs> but, how do you help clients sort of get get to the point that that is in a on a better level and sort of creating boundaries when they feel really uncomfortable doing so? Oh well, it's 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 just practice. So it's like whatever's coming up in your life and your field, that's what you get to work with, and so. Um, the next tiny baby step. Like I'm really big on progress. Like I'm really big on small habits, tiny changes, baby steps, because added up, it doesn't seem like much in the moment, but added up and building on that momentum. That's what brings the like overall real transformation that everybody's after. It's not in one fell swoop. Like sometimes we can have big breakthroughs, but a lot of times it's like the daily steps that add up. So I would, like knowing that you had that experience, um, the next, the next like situation that you're in that triggers that feeling now that you're more aware of it, it would be to work with it and in the moment and shift it in the moment and whatever's like preventing you from shifting it, really working with the mindset piece there and any beliefs that you have around, like, do you need to give more to feel worthy or like, um, are you afraid? Like, because people pleasing is, is really fear-based. It's really like trying to control, um, your image, like other people's perception of you. And so it's really about like wanting to be accepted and belonging. Yes. And we all want that. It's a normal human need. So it's just about kind of building that up from the inside and your own self confidence so that it's, you can still want that after at that point, but it's not like you're so dependent on it or, you know, wanting to, um, kind of betray yourself in order to please others. So there's, there's so much about people pleasing. I could go very deep into that, of course, but, um, practicing setting boundaries is really just like, I'm, it can look different across different clients, but for example, saying no, it would be like, okay, well, how can we say no in your life? Like what, what situations can you say no to today? Like, is it a conversation that you, is it a phone? Is it someone's inviting you to do something and you don't want to do it and you're scared to say no. So we kind of just like dive right into that uncomfortable place and get, get that's the only way to learn how to do it is to do it. Right. It's true. You know, I, I, like things are coming through my head, but you know, I saw, I had a million things to do at work a few weeks ago and I, a friend asked me for help and I sort of ended up helping him all day and never got around to my things. 
And then I ended up resenting him when (laughs) really I should have resented myself for not setting a boundary and not putting myself first. And it's just, it is like a practice now. I have to be more mindful of, you know, making sure that I am the priority in my own life. Because if I'm not the priority in my life, then, you know, that's just the way it, I'm not going to be the priority in anybody else's life, really. If I'm not, if I don't take care of myself, I can't really take care of anybody else. Yes, that's exactly it, Sabrina. And actually, you know, you, that's a really good question to ask yourself in those situations is because that's a common thing. You like do all these things, then you feel resentful or like underappreciated. And then it's kind of like, or like depleted or empty. And so one thing, one question, checkpoint question you can ask yourself in when you get into situations where you feel torn to like, show up for somebody is do I want to do this from like the from the kindness of my heart and the overflow that I have to give or am I afraid am I just afraid to say no and will I be resentful if I if I say yes and do it like right or or am I doing this for if am I doing this for this person to love me more. Yeah. Right. It's, Do I it, think that? Yes. Yeah. Is it like a strings attached? Right. So like, are you giving authentically or is it like a strings attached giving of like, you're wanting something from them? Right. Or just to be accepted. Just love me more if I do this. It's like, that's not a good place to come from. And you know, sometimes I'll say to bring in the gray shades here, it, it we're complex and it's not like it's always one or the other, like a hundred percent sometimes it can be a little muddled. It can be like, well, I, I mostly like, I mostly want to do it out of the goodness of my heart, but I also want, I also of course want him to like me or love me or whatever. So it's really about knowing those levels in yourself. And the more you do the practice, the more you'll see like how much of it is like, is, is, genuinely you wanting to just give out of generosity and or it's it's you kind of having like a motive and I always say like check your motives like check your motives of why you're doing something it's something I learned in 12 step because we we did so much work in like on our inventories and what we've done wrong and like where our part in our our part in in toxic dynamics and so part of my like ongoing inventory is like, where, what are my motives here? Like, why am I, sometimes I'll even do it. Like, why am I posting this? Uh Like, why am I posting this? Am I like, am I just wanting to share this value? Am I trying to get validation from my social media? Like these are real, like transparent questions that anyone on social media could like, we all have these sides and these shadows and these lights that we just need to build the awareness around. And it's like, there's nothing wrong. There's no shame. It's just, we're all human and we're all learning and we're all in our own practices. Yes. And social media, love it or hate it though. It's this new tool that we have to check on always because you're right. Am I posting this because I want people to validate me or am I posting this out of authenticity to share information and, and just yeah, be aware. It, yeah. 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 And not beating yourself up. Like if you, if it ends up being like, Oh, I really like was looking for some outside external validation. 
okay, well, like, that's okay. Like, well, how else can we meet that need? How else can we get you validated? Because we know that it's like kind of a, a trap anyway to get, to get validated through, um, online or like through other to, to get that. It's, it's like an empty validation. It's like, it's temporary. It's not very fulfilling. This is another thing. And I think you said this to me last time we spoke and a lot of people used to say this to me and I didn't get it until now. So I, I feel like whoever is listening to this, you may not get this, but one day you will. Every, you said to me that everything I was looking for on the outside I had within me, meaning like love, validation, and even taking that pause, like why am I needing outside validation? How can I give it to myself is so powerful that sometimes, and my therapist told me to do this and I thought she was cuckoo crazy, but she was like, put your hands on, put your hands on your heart and just like say, I love you. Like I'm here, I'm going to take care of you. And now sometimes when I'm meditating, I do that and I feel like I'm, talking to that inner child that I've been pushing away for so long that I'm just trying trying to return back to me. And in doing that mm-hmm. work, which is so simple, I feel like my self-worth has gone up substantially because I no oh longer am looking for him, her, whatever job to make me feel like I'm worthy. I now know that I am and that I'm okay by myself no matter what. And I'm going to... I'm going to be okay no matter who comes or who, more importantly, goes in my life. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that makes me so happy. That's so wonderful because it's, it's, it's the work for all of us, yeah. like all of us. And it very often is the inner child that just wants our attention. And um, it's so powerful to be like, I'm going to meet this need for you. I'm going to tell you that you're beautiful. I'm going to be there for you and like pay attention to you. Everything that I'm wanting from the outside, like that's what I need to give myself. Cause that's the, like, it doesn't even work from other people because we keep wanting more. Right. It ends it's, up never, being, it's insatiable. It's never enough. It's exactly. Never, exactly. Okay. You it's, know, it's, somebody it's, said something to me yesterday that was, I actually started crying when she said it to me. She said, every time you may make a mistake that is going to hinder your healing, Pretend that you're on one side of the room and that person or that thing is on the other side of the room. And in between is you as a, as a little girl. And that thing is calling you and that little girl is also calling you. And you you see who you work, walk towards because you have to always take care of you first. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're ever going to go making any decision that you know is not good for your healing and for your growth. And I just thought of really me as a little girl. And I was like, you're right. Like, I've, I've, I've failed her so many times in the past of not, of pushing her away and saying like, I don't want to talk to you right now. And I know this sounds like woo woo and people are probably like, what is she talking about? But if you've gone through any childhood trauma, you know what I'm talking about. Like we just don't want to, as when you're adults, you just don't want to deal with it, but it's about paying attention to that child and taking care of that child is when the healing occurs. Right. Mm-hmm. So powerful inner child healing. Um, it's a lot of what I do in the hypnosis is like getting is kind of helping you connect to this little girl or this, or this little boy. And, or maybe you have like multiple inner children. One of my friends is like, I have a lot of inner children. I have the inner, like I have the inner brat. I have the inner sweet girl. I have the inner, like she has all these different personalities, which I think is just wonderful that she has like, 
she has like a village of inner children um, that she relate relates to, but um, it, it's, we all have, we were all once children and very often, I mean, there's not a person I've come across that's like, yeah, I had all my needs met when I was growing up. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> it's like you, you kind of go into adulthood a little bit, a little bit, um, you know, like needing some healing. And so to be able to give that, that to yourself and also get support from other people, but give that to yourself by connecting back with your inner child, there's nothing more beautiful. And that wants to come through than to like, be kind of united and, and feel whole like that again. And I think a lot of times when we are going through painful emotions or let's say we act really immature, it's like, okay, that's your inner child, like crying out, like that's your inner child acting out. So like, what does she need from you? What does she want from you? She just wants to be, uh, oftentimes it's just about getting, feeling safe, feeling safe in your body. And like, feeling like you're okay, you're like, you have permission to have your feelings because very often we, we had to like repress our feelings or whatever we may have gone through. But like, especially a lot of childhood trauma, it's like you weren't necessarily allowed to be a kid. So like, it's, it's kind of like comes out in adulthood and we need to really honor that, that child so that we can integrate her or him into the adult and work with both of them. Yes. Yes. So you, you mentioned hypnosis and I know that's part of what your how you heal your clients. How, how can people sort of integrate that style of healing and what benefits have you seen it work with your clients? How can people integrate hypnosis? Yes. If they can't, if they don't have access to hypnotherapist. Okay. So, uh, well, okay. Hypnosis, if we look at the different brain waves, brain states, it gets you into like really deep meditative brain state. And that's what makes it one of the reasons that why it's so powerful. So meditation is going to be a similar, have a similar effect. Anything that gets you out of your like logical thinking mind, analytical mind, also called beta brain state and into your theta or alpha where the brain waves are slower and you're able to like connect more to your body and not so much from like, not so much from your conscious mind, but really that's how you, where and when you can access your subconscious, which is where a lot of your hidden feelings and beliefs are. Does that make sense so far? Yes. Okay. So like I would suggest like anything that um, like even on the insight timer app, it's a free app, like any kinds of kinds of meditations that you're drawn to that feel like help you get into that relaxed place where then you become more receptive to um, and, and your brain actually becomes more malleable than like, if we were just talking, if we were just talking and having like a regular conversation and like this, it's, there's still, it can still be so helpful, but it's like you get into this, you drop into this other state where you're, where you're receptive to change. And that's when a lot of the suggestions like in hypnosis 
take root. So a way to do that yourself is to actually start practicing meditation. And the way to make it like really easy is to just like pick out some guided meditations that look good to you on YouTube. Try out ones that like speak to you, that you're drawn to, that you like. And there's no right or wrong way to do it. It's really just what works for you. And that'll, you'll start, that'll help you get into that zone and that brain space so that you can then like, you have new insights. You're not, you're, you're getting to access a different part of your brain that we don't access in normal everyday life. So you're going to have like downloads and insights. That's why people will be like, guess what came to me in my meditation? Because you're in this non-resistant state and that's when you can really um, see things very clearly. Yes, 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 all day long. If you guys don't have, <laughs> I'm sorry, I seriously can talk about this stuff for hours. Um, if oh anybody God, doesn't too. have the Insight Timer app, I highly recommend it. A, a friend, I posted about it the other day. My friend Bree has her station there. Her, I don't know, I guess she's called a station, but all of her meditations there. So I'll put it in the notes section of this, um, of this podcast as well. And of course, all of Sasha's information for you to get in touch with her. She does one-on-one counseling. She has different packages that you can get on her website with hypnosis. Um, Sasha, seriously, I, I, I could talk to you for another 15 hours. So you have to come back on the podcast because I feel like we just touched on things, but there's still so much more to discuss. Yeah, there, there will be a part two. Thank you so much for having me on. It was a delight. And, um, I, I want to, I'm going to share with you, you can put in the show notes and in, um, a meditation on insight timer. I don't know who it's by, but it's one that I do. And it's a really good inner child meditation that I just would love to like share because it was, it's been so potent for me. Oh yes. I, um, I'll be doing that later this afternoon. (laughs) I guess. You- yeah. Yeah. I was going to actually like text it to you. And uh, after this, I kind of made a note in my head and then I'm like, well, why don't I can do that? But why don't we share it on With everybody. the podcast too for, for everybody? Yeah. Everybody. Yeah. Let's heal together. <laughs> yes. We're all in this together. And it's I also true. do. Yeah, I do one-on-one, but I also do groups and um, all different levels of working with me and just, yeah, Instagram. Like I'm, I'm always, kind of evolving what it looks like, what my offers are. And so anyone who's listening, who wants to get in touch with me, just like shoot me an email. You can do all that from the link in my um, bio or even DM me on Instagram. And she actually does answer the DMs. That's how we got in touch. (laughs) I know I do. I'm not like, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good about it. So um yeah so this was so fun we have to do it again Uh, thank you so much thank you